This is Corey Rosen with the Story Podcast. Today, I am super excited to announce new guest Brandon Martin to the story. Born and raised in Lancaster, PA, Brandon grew up a youth of 90s grunge rock era with dreams of his high school rock band somehow making it big. Through high school, he worked both as a stage tech at AMT, which is a family-owned business, as well as a local stagehand in Philly and Hershey. Hershey. Uh, for large concert tours that would come through the area, which is where he was first exposed to live touring production. Around this time, Brandon's band recorded their first demo album, which at, at which point he could finally hear just how amateur they were. <laughs> so Brandon set his sights for the next big thing in his book. After graduating high school, Brandon packed up a few th- belongings in a U-Haul and drove t- south to Florida, where he attended Full Sail University to get an education as a sound guy. For after graduating full sail, Brandon immediately drove back to Lancaster and showed up on the doorstep of Claire Brothers Audio in Lidditz in search of a job. Barry Claire agreed to chat with him and asked him what he thought he could do, if hired. Brandon told him he'd sweep up the warehouse if he had a broom for him, and Claire, or Barry Claire hired him right on the spot. He worked his way through the shop for about six months, and then he was given his first touring gig with an actual established band. It's been a, quite a winding road since then, but here he is back in Lancaster again, now with three kids and a wife he says he doesn't deserve, and a job that allows him to still pretend to be a music, still pretend to be in the music business. These days, Brandon's time at AMT is pretty evenly split between overseeing production, marketing and sales, and booking shows. He gets to work with an awesome bunch of people who try their hardest to make him and everybody else look amazing <laughs> and that can be a tall order it can be so what inspired you to get involved with music in the first place you say that you started a band in high school but what was it that really made you have a love for music was it a particular album a particular band you said 90s rock uh, grunge rock era yeah you know i think i fell into that scene just uh by virtue of of uh when i came along in the world but um yeah, I guess my love for music and uh, my affinity for it really came from, uh, uh, you know, my parents encouraging it. Oh, um, really? Yeah, you know, we we were always exposed to music. Uh, um, my grandfather uh, was a great uh, bluegrass player. I mean, total grassroots could pick up any stringed instrument. Never had a lesson in his life, but would sit on the couch and play guitar, banjo, harmonica, fiddle whatever wow whatever he put in his hand and uh yeah i remember always just appreciating that that and him that's yeah. awesome was amt established before you were born or was that it was not no uh amt opened its doors in 1997 we should also clarify that amt stands for music uh, american music theater. american music theater yes yeah that's in uh do you know the address by heart i i do 2425 Lincoln Highway East. We're uh, directly across from the Cracker Barrel at Rockvale Outlets. You see, I, I, it's it's funny. I've only been here for like four or five years, but uh, every time I drive down Lincoln Highway, it's always a surprise to me what's there. It's, I, I, I yeah. I lived most of my life here and I can still find something new. Right, yeah. <laughs> there's like, there's always, it always surprises me. Oh, that's right. The Dutch Wonderland is yeah. right there. Oh, that's right. There's the Cartoon Network Hotel that's yeah. right there. Oh, oh, right. That's right. There's AMT right there. Oh, my goodness. It's like going, uh, have you ever been to Pigeon Forge? Or, yeah, it? sure, sure. Yeah, it's, it's like that. It's like, yep. oh, it's granted, Pigeon Forge has way more yeah. <laughs> elaborate, cool stuff. Yep. Um, 
visually at, at least. Yes. But uh, it's same Lincoln Highway. I feel like is almost the Broadway of. It's the Strip. It's the yeah, Strip. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it yeah, is. yeah, for sure. So, what inspired you to start your first band? Oh, I mean, I think what the same thing that that every uh, high school wannabe musician. You know, you just want to you want to play rock and roll music, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> had some good friends who uh, were uh, you know also also interested and hung out in the basement and attempted to make some music. What was the the process like? What was who wrote the songs, or was it just mainly like a cover kind of thing? Oh or? my, yeah, we played a lot of cover songs, and then uh, yeah, we wrote some some original tunes, none of which are worth. <laughs> listening to her discussing <laughs> it was bad oh my goodness uh, but you know at that age uh, we we approached it with such fervor and and deter- i did i don't think anybody else in the band did oh really i was like guys we got to make this work you know we were never close it was well i mean that's i mean <laughs> it's building blocks you know what i mean it was it was so much fun yeah we, we had, had had a lot of fun with it yeah that sounds a lot, lot, like a lot of fun. What was the? You said you recorded your first debut, like demo, our first demo album. What was recording like way back then? We recorded on, on two. This is gonna sound crazy, but you know, and when I say we recorded an album, no one, I mean, no one was asking us to do this. Right, of like, course, <laughs> this is a purely passion project. We wanted to have something we could. Uh, you know, put put a cassette or a CD in, in, into the player and, and listen to ourselves. Um, so we, we booked a little bit of time with this kind of home studio um, in Lancaster. And this sounds crazy, but I think the, I think he recorded us onto VHS. What? Like just audio. Because um, it was like, it was tape. But right. it like didn't cost as much. That's but wild. you could still track, still mix down and track onto, you know, left and right on VHS. And yeah, we went along with it. That's, that's insane. I, I didn't. Yeah. I'm 90% sure of that. I remember a VHS tape being involved and no video. That's so yeah. crazy. But, uh, he was actually an incredible guy. Like he's, he's a music teacher. I think still in the area to do that. Uh, yeah. And, and sure audio guy, George Yellick. George... Ta- no way. Do you George know George Yellick? He taught me like everything I knew about no way. guitar and drums. Dude, George Yellick is one of my favorite people man. in the entire world. He's the man. Like he was the most patient person with me oh, for yeah, so many absolutely. years. Yeah. That, no, now that you say that he recorded in VHS, that makes so much sense. That's Does just it? Okay, like good. him. Well, maybe I'm not wrong. Uh, maybe, uh, yeah, we can get him to clarify that. Oh, dude, no, I'm going to, ha- I'm having him on. But he had this like, really cool studio set up and we felt like we were actual like musicians, you know. You know, George Yellick is the man. You to like track things and overdub and it was cool. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, it's wild you know George. Yeah. He was, he he was, was hugely was... instrumental in, yeah, anything music related that that uh, that I had going on. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah he, he taught he taught uh, guitar lessons here and did percussion as well. Oh, is that right? Yeah. He's the most incredible bass player you've ever seen. Um, and, um, yeah, he's one of the most stoic and uh, – yeah. And very just, thoughtful guy. Yeah. Very thoughtful, very smart dude, and very uh grounded and like yeah. in it, but also detached as well. Yeah. It's yeah. it's he's one of the more interesting dudes. Like he uh his he doesn't deal with technology at all. Uh or rather he 
breaks it down into like just like code. Yeah, is super smart and yeah. super yeah, brilliant guy. super intelligent. Then that makes so much sense now <laughs> that why he, that he would record that on like VH, VHS. Yeah, it makes total sense to me now. That's so that's so wild. Um, so did he, is he the person that kind of like taught you how to play or he taught me guitar and uh, I even studied drums a, a little bit with with him just kind of because he's like do you want to take a few weeks and just work on, you know he had a drum kit mm-hmm. and I guess I expressed an interest and I just I love the drums I never got very good at them but yeah listen if you're going to take up any instrument I would recommend the drums because it's going to yeah. teach you rhythm yeah it's going to teach you dexterity yeah it's going to you're going to be way more independent with your limbs um mm-hmm. it is and it's just a lot you get to get out your anger yeah it's a it's a <laughs> lot of especially with 90 90 grunge rocker oh, you're yeah. just banging Absolutely. on stuff all the time as a, especially as a teenager you got a lot of reasons to bang on stuff so much angst so much yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> uh so if any instrument granted yeah it's loud but also you can you can dampen them but uh yeah. definitely go for drums is one of my cuz you can apply rhythm to every other instrument yeah i'd say drums or uh or piano if you're if you have the resources um and the means to to get into piano at all the same thing i mean you know same thing yeah you might argue that piano is more of a percussion instrument than it is oh, anything right i mean of it course. is i guess technically yeah and you're going to be yeah, so the, good with your hands for yep. the rest of your entire life yep yep so um what made you make the choice to uh go to florida was was george yellick a good inspiration of you getting into the production aspect yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know that he uh, intended to be or anything, but I think that was all part of it. Um, I had actually uh, was accepted to Lebanon Valley College as mm-hmm. a music major mm-hmm. um, because music was just always what I was into. And then as I started to prepare to go go there and uh, looked at the curriculum more, and it's like a lot of theory and you know you have to declare an instrument and... Mm-hmm. Uh, guitar was like, you know, I was going to be learning a lot of classical guitar and things like this. And I started to think, like, I, I just got out of high school. And I was so thrilled to be done with school. And mm-hmm. I was like, this, this is like a lot of classroom stuff. This is serious. And, uh, yeah, the closer I looked at it, um, a, uh, a full education in music probably wasn't the best idea for me. Mm. Um, cause it was not going to be just jamming out with my friends. Right. Like, right. Uh, so, uh, you know, yeah, as you've alluded to, I was also kind of in a parallel universe exposed to live audio production, show production, things like that, um, which uh, hugely piqued my interest. Uh, I was be- I was coming to terms at the time that uh, no matter how much I loved music, I wasn't great at it. And um, yeah, I just really kind of enjoyed the, uh, the kind of the behind the scenes aspect of, of production. Um, at which point uh, I heard of this this small school. At the time it was small, now it's huge, uh, down in Florida that uh, you can get a two-year you know, associate's degree studying uh, kind of the technical aspects of, of music and of production. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can even double up your credits and finish it in a year if you want oh, wow. to. I was like, that's for me. Uh, yep, I'm going to do that. So uh, that worked out. I did that. And... Uh, yeah, got some learning under my belt. 
that's good. It's it's always interesting um, when you talk to like musicians about college. Yep. Because college is a uh, it's a beast and a half uh, to yep. have to deal with, uh, especially if you want to go for the music. Because if if you just want to jam out with your friends, college is not the space to do that no. at all. There's a little time to do that, but it's not. It's mainly focusing on uh, theory and uh, getting very, very good at your instrument, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a lot of time, mm-hmm. a lot of time commitment. That um, I don't think people are very ready for. It's work. It's work. It yeah. is the being a musician is ultimately it, you're putting at least seven hours a mm-hmm. week, and that can be more or less yep. easily, easily, but a minimum of at least seven hours just practicing through your, that's like an hour a day, which yeah. is not a, a lot to some people, but to some people that's a lot of time. Yep. And uh, to go into your musician or go into your <laughs> instrument and really understand the instrument and uh, tune in your craft, it is a no joke yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, and it can break some. It broke me. Yeah. Uh, is that right? Yeah. Uh, for uh, I went here for percussion. Okay. And um, I, I'm not really good at set playing. I'm really good at the auxiliary stuff. So okay. like, uh, marimbas. Sure. Uh, whatever have you. What not drum set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I just got really discouraged because it was a lot of, uh, a lot of practice that I've never been used to before. I was. Yeah usually capable of sight reading on site. So that's what I kind of went, went mm-hmm. with. And I just didn't get anywhere uh, to the point where I almost was kicked out because, uh, I wasn't doing so well with my percussion. Um, thankfully my music composition saved me. I was decent enough at that. And I was interested enough to dedicate to that. Uh, so really college is a, is a choice of what you're dedicated to. Yeah. What and, you're willing to put the effort into. Yeah. Right. For sure. And, like you said, some people aren't very good at, they just love doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, that's part of me going on to the music scene now. It's I, I'm i not very good at piano in the sense that I'm not classically trained at all. Mm-hmm. I, if you give me a chord chart, I can play along. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But otherwise, it's you look at me the solo, I can't do yeah. it. <laughs> Leave that to somebody else who knows yep. what they're doing automatically. Yeah. Um, but uh, finding places to fit in is is often the best the best thing and that's what you did finding something that you can actually hey i'm i'm part of the team and i'm part of the experience i'm just doing it back here yeah yeah um was was it ever a a thing because i know some people do that because they're uh shy as well Uh or they're like introverted was that ever a yeah what i think the things that did perhaps drive me in music never were um to be in front of people Mm. I could do it. Um, I didn't mind it. I still don't mind it, but I don't uh, long for those opportunities per se. Um, so yeah, I think I fit right in pretty nicely being the being the guy in the dark with the black t-shirt on. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what inspired you to not stay in Florida? You drove right back to Lancaster. You said. Yeah, I mean, at at, at the time and and still today, even more so. Um, we had this, you know giant in the industry of of live production especially audio production of uh, claire brothers uh which happened to be you know right in my backyard where I, where i grew up uh, in Lidditz. um claire brothers if you're not familiar with who they are what they do they are the global leader in um audio for uh, touring support oh wow 
Now, these days, they go way beyond just audio. Um, but at, at the time, um, I mean, they designed, uh, custom built, and provided uh, audio systems for everybody. Everybody who was anybody. I mean, Rolling Stones, U2. Oh, wow. Really? Um, like that level, you know. That's wild. Uh, Paul McCartney, Elton John, Billy Joel, the mega tours. The me- oh, wow. They were all Claire acts. Um, so knowing that was kind of back in the area. Honestly, if they were, if, if, if they were in Montana, I would have moved to Montana. I, I wanted to be associated with them. I, I, gotcha. I, I wanted to get my foot in the door with them, um, you know, in any way possible. So I, I did. That's that's kind of what hurried me right back to the area here. So th- the main drive wasn't wasn't family or anything. It was it was the Claire brothers and just family. It just happened to be here. I don't know. Is my family listening to this? Do you think? I, I don't know. Maybe. Let's say yeah. It was absolutely because of family. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it made it all the easier. Hey, I right. had a, I had a place to crash. Yeah, my 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 family was here, um, and and I liked Lancaster too. Don't get me wrong. Oh, uh, it great. was a very easy place to come back home to. Um, so it just worked out well, and uh, and uh, that's their headquarters because you use Barry Barry Claire himself. Yeah, so the the brothers were Roy and Gene. Um, mm-hmm. They started, I think, in like the late fifties. I want to say. Okay, like, so this is an older by business. chance. Uh, Frankie Valley was in town. I, I I might be getting the story wrong. Um, and they they had tinkered in their garage and built these sound systems that apparently were better than what was commercially available. Word caught on. Next thing they were doing Elvis. They were doing everybody, and it's it's, uh, yeah, business has just exploded for them. That's wild. Yeah. So. Um, I'll have to check them out. I did, yeah, yeah, for sure. Please do. Uh, Claire Global, I believe they are uh, now going as. Um, yeah, so I, I I drove up to Lidditz when I got back, and uh, they had actually designed and installed uh, a system at American Music Theater when it opened. Um, so I did kind of have an in mm-hmm. through through that. Um, and yeah, Barry Claire, um, one of the sons, agreed to meet with me. And uh, you know, history. I don't know if he was expecting me to come in thinking I'm worth anything because I, I just graduated with a, I have a degree. Because mm-hmm. up to that point, there weren't degree programs for, for that kind of thing. This was kind of a new thing. You you put your time in being a grunt on the road and uh, you maybe if you're good, you learn learn what sound really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you work your way up. So I kind of knew that going into it. I never wanted to come across that way. So I, I literally, he asked me what, what I thought I could bring to the table. And uh, I don't know if he was expecting me to say, well, I have this degree and here's what we learned in school and this and that and the other. I said, if you have a broom, I'll get busy in the shop. Mm. And uh, I think that's I think that's the right thing to say in any job interview, honestly. Really? I, I mean, you have to be willing, not to get on a soapbox, I think today, uh, but especially in that industry, you see so many uh, well-intentioned individuals coming out of uh, maybe a, a degree program or, or whatever, thinking, all right, this is my fast track to get to the top. And I don't care what advancements uh, occur in education uh, or, or technology. There's no real replacement for uh, just working your way up and working hard and proving you have work ethic, mm-hmm. you know, proving you have uh, a willingness to put in what it takes so uh, that's what i did no that's that's yeah. no i'm with you there it's 
very humbling to have to do that and say, well, uh, listen, if, if you'll thank me for cleaning up the shop, I'll do it. Yep. Yep. And then working your way up there because it's, it's, it's more proof that you're not here for the notoriety mm-hmm. or anything. You're, you're just here to work and have fun and whatever, and being a part of something bigger. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that's, that's awesome. Uh, so what was the, uh, journey up for you? Like, um, it happened, you know, maybe quicker than I expected. I, I worked in the shop at everything from testing speakers that would come off the road from these big tours. You know, we'd get systems once a tour would wrap up and we'd have to go through them component by component, test them, clean them, whatever, mm-hmm. put them back in inventory or package them for their next tour to get them right back out the door. Um, yeah, I just finished putting together a system for uh, for a tour. Um, and apparently, I don't know if someone fell through or what. They they needed a tech, uh, a, a PA tech, for this particular tour. So I was asked if uh, if I'd consider hitting the road. Hmm. Um, and I think before they even told me who it was for, I said yes. Uh, at that point, I just did not just care. Jumped for it. Just I said, "Yep." I'm like, do you want to know who it is? It's like, like, I just want to oh, go. Okay. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I just, just want to go. So it was a uh, a young burgeoning group called NSYNC, mm. uh, a boy band, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, that was my first foray into uh, touring. What's it like to tour? Uh, especially because that that I don't, I think I remember a little bit about NSYNC. Was that a, a bigger band at the time? They or? were very big. Yeah. Um, by the end of my time working with them, I mean we were, we you know we sold out. I say we like I had anything to do right, with them yeah. selling well. Um, <laughs> but you the, know the two band, two yeah. nights back to back Soldier Field in Chicago like that Jeez. that kind of big like. Um, so what was it like touring with uh, that kind of a bigger act? Uh, it was incredible at that age, especially just eye opening. I think you know I was twenty at the time mm. and um, lived in a combination of a tour bus and hotel rooms at each city, and it was uh, yeah, it was kind of everything I thought it might be. It was was, was it a lot of sleepless nights? A lot of partying? Uh, late nights, um, for sure. You know, show goes down maybe by uh, nine or ten at night probably 10 at night and uh you know takes you a few hours to get out of there um then you're on to the next next city so what are some of the other notable musicians you've you've worked with through that um let's see so i then went uh after wrapped up with them was on tour with paul mccartney did you um, ever get to meet Paul McCartney? I did. I got uh, you know a couple handshakes. That's that's about that's as, that's, that's about as much as uh, <laughs> that's literally the dream. Any of those kids uh, got out of the deal, but um, it's still pretty cool. Yeah, oh, it was, that was, that was awesome. Paul McCartney. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many hundred times I, I saw the show. It just doesn't get old. Those right, those right. classics being played live. So uh, that was cool. Uh, after that, uh, Justin Timberlake. Uh, NSYNC had had stopped, mm-hmm. and Justin Timberlake left NSYNC officially and went solo. Oh, he was a part of NSYNC. He was, yeah. He, so he was part of that. So I know. Uh, I rejoined uh, with him for a 
tour of it was actually a world tour so we were all over with uh with him um classic rock band boston um yeah Shania Twain for a long time. Shania Twain. Mm-hmm. That's all. I just recently uh, discovered Shania Twain last year when I did a wedding. Um, people wanted to, wanted to hear "Man, I Feel Like a Woman." Oh yeah. And ever since then, I was like, I need to listen to way more yeah. Shania Twain. <laughs> she uh, she's great. Yeah, really wonderful human being. Um, and got to work uh, a little more side by side actually with her husband That's at cool. the time, Mutt Lang, who's a notable uh, studio producer. Hmm. Um, but brought just a, an incredible wealth of knowledge to the live game. Um, you know, he was he was a uh, just a, an, a incredibly focused and, and driven individual uh, technically, hmm. and you could never tell him that you can't make a live show sound every bit as good as the record. Um, that's, you know, that's without cool. you know tracked. Uh, recorded material and stuff like that um it was really neat to to kind of see his process with things like that and yeah sure yeah. um traveling worldwide you probably encountered some interesting situations like the plugs not matching yeah you tend to uh at least you, you hope to have all that stuff covered in, in 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 the prep work leading up to a tour but uh yeah um you kind of get used, to, you know. You got you got something in the bag of tricks for for almost any situation that may arise. What was one of the biggest culture shocks you think you had while on tour? Oh my! Um, oh, there were so many. I don't know why this pops to mind in in Japan. Um, so let me I'll preface by saying on 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 tour, uh, an artist will travel with their touring crew, so they're kind of dedicated. Um, uh, for that that tour, and that's that's the mm-hmm. touring bill. Now that's not maybe a huge group of people. That's kind of however many you need to oversee local stagehands. Gotcha. So you know, a large tour, you might roll in and have a call of local stage union, stagecraft hands. Um, you know, a hundred of them maybe, and and they do a lot of the heavy lifting and a lot of the labor involved with setting a show up. So it'd kind of be like if you're coming here from Chicago, you would call up like Stray or something, and have them set up and you just like oversee that. Uh, yeah, sort of like that. Um, most cities are it's a union gig, so there's going to be you know a union head that um, and it's all advanced. I mean, right, mon- months course. months in advance. Um, hey, here's here's how many riggers I need. Here's how many electricians. Here's how many um, stagehands. Gotcha. Uh, whatever. And then they're all, they show up uh, at the venue that, that morning. But um, in Japan, uh, you show up to the venue and they're already all there. And they're not just there. You know, in the U.S., your stagehands kind of mingle. And, and they, they just kind of show up and... You know, half of them look maybe maybe a little hungover. Um, right. And, you know, it's just it's that kind of gig. And Japan, they're there like military formation lined up in like perfect rows. And they have like their leader. And he starts calling out these commands. And they all like snap to attention. And they really? Sp- and they sp- yell something else. And they spread their legs. And they all start doing like toe touches and jumping jacks. And they actually do like calisthenics. Um, that's because they 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 put a high priority on job safety and yeah. um, 
you know, I guess don't want anybody pulling a muscle. Right. That no, day. that's that's super. It's weird, but it that's that's also cool. It is. Yeah. It was. It was. It was kind of surprising. But, yeah. But, it was cool. I know the Japanese have like a really hard work ethic. Like, yeah. I, I think it's one of one of the things that I've learned about, uh, like for America, once you're done your job, you go home. Yep. And if someone else is staying over, that's too bad for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Japan, I'm pretty sure the the unspoken rule is that you'll help them until they get mm. until everyone's done, and then everyone goes home together, which is way more efficient, in my opinion. Absolutely. But um, it's 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 so foreign to me. Like, yeah. I didn't know this. Uh, one thing that shocked me a little bit was that lines, the concept of, of waiting in line, that's a Western thing. Hmm. Yeah, and, like, yeah. places like Russia or otherwise, like, if like for the airplane, if you call out, all right, Class A comes on now. Nope, it's just everybody at once. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was insane to me that the concept of lines were, like, specifically a Western idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, um, that's really cool though in Japan that that, that they're so dedicated to their work, um, and they're so community orientated as mm-hmm. well. Probably, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's so cool. Yeah. Is, is there anything else I know in Europe? Oh man, I don't know. I'm on the spot with this. There's 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 a lot smaller portions. Of course, but uh, I've heard there's square toilets in Italy. What's that? Square toilets in Italy. Yeah, yeah. Can't say if they all are, but I do recall. Yeah. Sitting on some square thrones. Europe yeah. is is weird, man. I mean, you got places in the Middle East too with really no toilet. Uh, parts of Asia as well. It's it's a hole in the floor. That must be fun. You just kind of just kind of do it. Get down low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what brought you back to uh, AMT? Oh, so um, my goodness, it's a, that's a long, long story, and it goes off track of probably what we want to discuss. But I. Uh, post 9-11 i uh actually enlisted in the military I oh was, wow yeah you know i was going to do that for a little bit um and then get back to my my touring job that's uh that was the plan um but that you know couple years of of going in and, and serving turned into nine um at which point uh then i was by the time i i, I got out uh the military i was married and we had our first child so i was not going to go back <laughs> right obviously as planned um and uh life had had brought us uh, to colorado uh I, I was in colorado for 12 years um both in the military and then afterward for for an additional five uh we moved way up into the mountains and uh communed with with nature quite mm. a bit and and our community in our little church up there it was awesome um at that point kids we had three kids then and uh really excited to get them back around some family um you know it always stayed uh, involved with american music theater from afar um but was excited to uh kind of come on uh, in a more official role and uh take on take on some of that responsibility as well I want to go back to the military. Did you ever do anything music-wise in the military? Because the military has some really cool music stuff going on. Well. They do. They have a lot of really cool um, uh, programs, both mu- musically and, and technically um, involved with music. But no, I did not in in any kind of uh, official 
capacity other than try and snap up like every musical instrument I could from random markets in the Middle East. Yeah, that, that is one thing I, I would love to do. I, was, I would love to travel the cultures and like I would love a pair of uh, tum- tumblas or dablas from yeah. uh from Ta- India. Tabla. Tabla. Yeah. yeah, I would love to learn how to play one of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know Sandeep Das at all. Um, I do not. He's a world-class tabla player. Okay. Um, And he came by and he was just using all these different techniques. He was literally hitting this drum with a hammer. And I'm like, don't do that. Because, you know, you don't hit drums with hammers where I'm yeah. from. And or It's else, that strong goat skin though, right? Right, yeah. yeah. So it, it was really cool. I, I would love to play like a, a santar. Or uh, what, like one of those Middle Eastern uh, stringed instruments that yeah. are just so wild and yeah. and so exotic, so exotic sounding. sounding. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Would, I would love to mess around, especially as a composer. I, I just eat I, that stuff up. I love it. Yeah, I know. It would be so, yeah. I I went to Central Park one day and there was there was there was this guy playing this bamboo stringed instrument. I'm like, what is that? That looks insane. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's so I. So I guess you went to uh, you really enjoyed the cultural music of everywhere you went. I did. I think um, you know, obviously that's not what you're there for. So you got to keep your head on straight. But I just always really enjoyed cultures, mm-hmm. uh, whether that be music or or culinary or uh, just social structures and, and things like that. I was just always very fascinated with that's that. That's going to grow you in so many yeah. ways. Yeah, too. yeah, and it gives you such a, a, a different perspective. Um, you know, coming back to Western civilization and uh, right, and, and realizing yeah. that, like, okay, maybe things aren't, aren't as what they had seemed to be, and the things we complain about. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> that, that was, that's exactly what I'm getting at. Like, oh my I'm going to complain about traffic, and uh, meanwhile, over. In, I have to. I catch myself doing it all the time, and uh, well, because it's simply put, problems are different everywhere. They really are. And once you've been everywhere, you realize, okay, maybe this isn't as big of a problem as it seems to me right yep. now yep. like traffic for example it's like i literally could be riding a horse and buggy right yeah <laughs> or i could be riding a donkey or, or yep. something uh otherwise did you ever get a chance to go to germany yes i've been to germany several times yeah uh one of the more interesting uh things about germany is that there's a, a piece that's been played for i think over like 500 years it's this it's it's in the goal something like that but it's every every a hundred or so years the note changes, and it's like the slowest piece ever written. And I think it was started like a few centuries ago. Oh wow! In like this random church, huh. out in the middle of nowhere. And that's some some place because I I think the note recently changed. So there was like a big event around. Oh it. wow! Yeah, that's fascinating. Because it's so yeah. rare that a, that a note changes that people, like I think it's going to be like another hundred or so years till it, cha- wow. till it changes again. Okay. So it's like a music experiment that I thought yeah. was like so wild. Yeah. Um, that's cool, Very man. Very interesting. So in the military, you, did you was it mainly tours or? Yeah, it was a combination of uh, you know, three longer, uh, long longer term deployments, I suppose, and then uh, several shorter, shorter term trips. Was was that a, a just about of patriotism from? 9-11 or was that just yeah i think it really stemmed from that i never had any desire or inkling to be in the military that wasn't really um part of my thought process or or leanings um as a youth um or even after high school i remember graduating high school and you know recruiters are always calling always and knocking there. on your door always and i was like get lost there's no way <laughs> <laughs> no, not gonna happen um and so it came as a real shock uh both to uh, 
friends and family and I think to myself as well. But yeah, I think, um, you know, not, not to uh, dramatize it, but when, man, when those towers fell, it was, uh, it, it stirred something in me and in a lot of us. I was going to say, uh, it's like that, there's no dramatizing that. It's yeah. I didn't happened. know. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know what it was per se, but I remember specifically I was in, in, in a hotel and I was in Paris, uh, on, on tour and over there you, you had access to news stations that were much, much different. Um, of course, uh, you had exposure to a lot, a different style of reporting. I'll mm. say, um, I think it was actually the BBC, um, worldwide. And, uh, I remember seeing they had they had some kind of really in-depth reporting uh from the fight in in iraq at the time and they're interviewing some some service members and things and it struck me these are all these are people my age um who maybe signed up for this maybe didn't um but they're my age and they've left wives and children at home to go do this mm. here i am uh living extremely privileged life uh in a fancy hotel in paris and um and i don't have i don't even have a wife or kids you know mm -hmm. what am i doing um was that while you're doing your, your music thing that's why i was uh on on tour <clears throat> yeah yeah um so it started a little process that turned into a pearl that grew and grew mm -hmm. you know and um yeah, through some thought I didn't even necessarily want to have, um, and and a uh, healthy amount of prayer, I was like, I think I'm going to do the craziest thing I've ever done, and join uh, the military. I did. So, um, yeah, it was a a time time a chapter in life that I, I don't regret. wasn't all all fun stuff. wasn't all pretty stuff for sure. But um, probably uh, struck some strong character. It did, yeah. I mean, plenty to take away from from all of that yeah, for sure. sure. Yeah, well, being told to wake up and you know <laughs> having to set a regiment routine, um, yeah. and probably getting into shape was probably sure also a lot of fun, but also a lot of strain strenuous activity. Yeah, um, it's, plenty of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing that I would that I kind of um, how do I put this? <laughs> I admire about the military is is their strenuous strength training because uh, they realize that you have to be healthy in order to do yep. literally anything almost in mm -hmm. regards to like the military. But it's it's been it's been a uh, a shortcoming of mine to um, take for granted my body mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, to let it go places that it probably shouldn't go at least in a healthy manner. Um, and it's one thing that I, recruiters came after me as well. Recruiters yeah, yeah. came after everybody. Um, I couldn't join because I'm medicated, uh, and they don't do medication. Okay. Yeah. I don't think, um, or at least that was the reason they gave me. Mm -hmm. And, um, f uh, so it, it was always, and, but I was always lean because I was, you know, young, sure. high metabolism, doing soccer, yeah, basketball, yeah. baseball, all that kind of stuff and swimming as yeah. well. So. I was in shape, so I was feeling good. But afterwards, I was like, man, if I had gone to the military, I would have had that organized structure routine, yeah. and I would have been I would have been able to, like, that's, it's pretty much free time management classes. <laughs> if, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If yeah. If you want to view it that way. Yep. 
um, because you there's it's such a strict regimen of time. You have to organize your 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 like army bag, or else it gets dumped out all over the place, and you have to redo it. Uh, you have to like roll up your sleeves in just the exact way. You have to present in such an exact way, and it's it, it's a sharpening of the mind mm-hmm. in such a way that you can actually get stuff done mm-hmm. in a timely manner. And it's something I've always admired and wanted to be a part of in the military. I just uh, and granted, I never wanted to go out and fight people. That's that's not what yeah. That's not what I was and about. you know, I'll be the first to say it's not for everybody. Oh, for and, sure. And yes. One of the things that struck me also is. Uh, I realized how fortunate and how how blessed we are as a nation to, uh, to be a nation where you don't have to. Right. Yes. Like that's that's huge. It is gigantic. I don't think uh, a lot of people realize how many countries around the world they don't care what you think, they don't care what you believe in. When you turn eighteen, you're you're, you're going away for two years, and you're gonna do do your time for your nation. Then you can come back and and decide what you want to be. Um. And that's not the case here, and I think that's a wonderful thing. And not only that, but there's other places where, um, if you, like for example, you can't live free. Yeah. Because they have to have a military. They have to have, and th- this this gets into a whole bunch of other topics that um that get controversial very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not for everybody. But also, there's plenty of other jobs besides fighting people in the military that oh absolutely that you can yeah. that you can do you can. You know, be a musician and be in the military. Absolutely. You can yep. uh, be an engineer and yeah. do your Coast Guard, do your National Guard stuff. And that's that's not fighting people at all. It's it's not all doom and gloom. You, no. They're going to put you where you best best fit. And that, in, that includes what, whether you're going in to fight people or just do what you want to do in the military. There's a lot of options. Yep, yep. And so it's not all doom and gloom. But we are just extremely blessed to be able to... Uh, not have a choice in the matter. We're not forced to go to the military. We're not forced to yep. fight for a country uh, anymore, at least. Yep. Unless they re- reinstate the draft. Yeah, hey, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But it's 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 a wonderful blessing that we can have people uh, like you or in a, anyone else in the army that just feel that sh- that strong yep. pull to protect what they love and. Um, so thank you for your service. Yeah, no. <laughs> um Absolutely. So going back to uh AMT, I'm kind of curious of uh how all that st- actually, you know what? We'll get to that a bit later. We're kind of rounding out our time on the radio. So I'll finish off with before we go off on another like hour long yeah, yeah. conversation <laughs> with AMT. Um I definitely want to talk about uh what it was like for your faith. Yeah. Uh cuz you said there was a lot of prayer involved. Uh, what was what was that like throughout uh, throughout that kind of journey? Was yeah. Um, so I think any time at that time of life, and I think for most of us, uh, especially at that time, but really throughout your whole life, you're 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 forced to look at these big decisions. Mm. Um, you know, whether that's a different job, whether it's going in a completely opposite path. Um, you know, whether it's family related, whatever. Um, one of the things I think we're guaranteed is that we're going to have to make some big decisions at some point in our life. <laughs> Always. And if you don't, you're probably not doing it right. Uh, and I really wrestled with that. Um, how on earth do I know if I'm making the right decision? I mm-hmm. know I, I can pray. Um, but you know, uh, 
at least my faith, God doesn't speak uh, vocally and openly to me. Like, so I'm trying to like read between the lines, like what, what is going on? And you know, my mom actually, I had this conversation with her and she gave me some of the best advice um, that I, I still, you know, carry in my pocket. And uh, she said, pray about it. And then when you go to sleep at night, do you feel at peace about mm. it? Or, or do you sit there worrying um, and, and pray for that peace? And as crazy, and I, I mean crazy, me, I'm not saying going in the military is a crazy thing to do, but for me it was. I had a, a career that I was growing in uh, that I loved. You're literally and, living the high life almost. Yeah, and I was, I was you know, decent at it, and um, I was right on track with my plans. Mm-hmm. Um, so I checked a lot of boxes in that regard. So for me to kind of take an abrupt 90-degree turn and um, do that just didn't make sense on paper whatsoever. Right. Um, so, but so as crazy of a, of a detour as that was, oddly enough, when I did that and, you know, just submitted things, uh, over to God and and prayed about it, um, and asked for peace about it, I had it, Mm. um, I had it, uh, you know, times 10 and it was weird. That didn't even make sense to me. I was like, how am I cool with this? Right. I, the, the military scared me like to death. Not not fighting or, or getting shot at or any of that. Just like the structure and the dress right, right dress yes. and what like what my preconceived notions of being in the army was at the time because I didn't know anything really about it. Um, just movies. Yeah. Um, so I felt that and and I was given that and that is why I proceeded. Um, you know that and and I think it's okay to pray for 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 um, closed doors. You know, um, it's something I've, I've gotten good at is, is I'm not going to pray for like, like God speak to me audibly. I just need this in black and white. I'm not, uh, not a terribly smart man. I just need to be told yes or no on this. So if you could just, uh, go ahead and uh, give me a sign, but really praying for doors to either open or close, Mm. um, you know, pray for a roadblock. If, if this is not part of, of the design, Pray for that roadblock. Um, and if it is, may doors open that, that probably shouldn't even open. You know, opportunities arise that are just uh, out of left field. Right. Um, so, I don't know. That's just a, kind of a personal. I think everybody kind of operates differently in that space. But uh, for me, that's that's kind of I'd heavily agree with what's you. been working. Um, I'd, I'd really do agree with you on that one. Uh, it's as I, I, I've grown a lot in the past few years. Um, Grant, granted, I'm only 22, so there's a lot more growing to do. But um, recently, it's it's been a, a big challenge of mine. It's like, okay, what what makes me feel at peace? Mm. Like, yeah, I can throw stuff on the cross and like say that's that's mm-hmm. me at peace. And sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes, mm-hmm. like, w- my mother died uh, when I was a child, mm. and uh, some at that point, you just had to put that grief yeah. on the cross. Yeah. And because you're never gonna get over the death of of a parent, mm-hmm. and that's not that's or like a, a close loved one that's not going to happen uh by your own will at least mm-hmm. uh so at some point you do have to throw things on the cross but you do have to keep, come up with these big decisions in life where um f- f- uh we get a little bit personal for me it was uh do I talk to this ex ever again um mm-hmm. i'm so attached to her still mm-hmm. is it going to be worth me being like friends with her or is it just going to cause more pain yeah um so at that point it was it was just 
part of me part of me felt bad because she you know she wants to be friends and and you know that's just friends and that's that's completely cool but i'm too sentimental for myself yeah so it would always be been in the back of my mind and um but i also wanted her not to feel like being thrown thrown aside either Mm -hmm. so it was a really hard choice for me to make and um it, it came down to it i just felt more at peace leaving it letting it go and and that's that was one of the bigger choices for me and, and the realization of, yeah, you just got to do what you feel most at peace with. Yeah. Because um, you're always going to be convicted. Yep. Whether you know it or not, whether you know if, if it's of God or not, mm-hmm. if your conviction pulls you, you know you're doing something that yeah. you probably shouldn't. Um. So that's... Yeah. That's kind and of... And listen to your convictions. I think the older you get, the better you get at... at hearing your own convictions, listening to yourself, discerning, discerning for yourself. Sure. Yeah. So it definitely, I, I'm going to start doing that praying for, uh, not necessarily botched opportunities, but just a slow close of a door Mm -hmm. and then an opening of another. That was, that was kind of this podcast. It came out of left field for me. I was, this wasn't what I was planning at all for, for me to be doing. It just came to my mind. like, Oh, maybe I should do this. Or one of my other friends came up to me and said, Hey, let's start a podcast. And I've always loved to do like kind of like journalism. I've always been interested okay. in that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, and uh, like I love listening to news and politics all day uh, because I just love the presentation and yeah. the yep. thought process and uh, all the different devices that can be used within that uh, for better or for worse. And um, but I always like getting to know people. Yeah. And asking them, asking people I should have never met in my entire life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just really cool questions and just see, realize that, you know, that they're, everyone's human at, at everyone is human. Um, no matter how big or famous that they are high in the clouds that they, they might seem, uh, they are at the core, just like you, you or me, they just do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all comes down to, you know, faith at the end of it yeah what are you gonna do with it uh what are you gonna how are you gonna glorify god with it and all that kind of stuff so that's that's that's, i agree heavily with your advice if if anyone is struggling with these bigger decisions um it it is so much easier to pray to god hey get rid of this for me (laughs) or figure it out oh yeah absolutely figure it out for me yep but um just He's to, like, no, I got a lesson built into this one for you. So here's the way we're gonna do it. Exactly, right. and and that comes with uh, you know trials and challenges of faith and all mm-hmm. that and all that stuff. Uh, but I just one should never approach a big problem with just fix it for me. Yeah, because there's yeah. always something bigger in in mind. If if you're gonna approach it with that kind of aspect, you're it's gonna be a rough time for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So that's going to uh, end out our, our radio time. If, if you want to, con- we're going to continue this conversation over at facebook.com forward slash the story, Corey Rosen, C-O-R-Y-R-O-S-E-N. Uh, what are some upcoming projects that you have at AMT? Well, we are, uh, in addition to our, our pretty healthy concert calendar uh, for 2022, um, continuing to book for 2023. Uh, we'll have some upcoming announcements in uh, coming weeks and months on those dates, but we are hard at work for our 2022 Christmas show Mm. titled Home for the Holidays. Uh, We build these shows from the ground up. Everything in-house is designed and built 
by us for our audience. Is this um, an original show? It's an original show, yeah. So each Christmas uh, through November and December, we run uh, just our, our Christmas show. Get about 80 to 85 performances in in those two months. Um, and it is big, big, big. It's, it's a whole lot of fun. It's a big holiday event for families. It's a really good mix of kind of the sacred and the secular. Uh, mm. So a lot of that kind of traditional Christmas vibes, um, but at the same time, you know, paying tribute to uh, the reason we celebrate in the first place. So it's a great time singing, dancing. Uh, it's a whole thing. Yeah, and you guys have got some really cool artists coming over. I, I saw Weird Al was coming. Weird Al is coming for two shows, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost sold out on both. I know one's already sold out. The other's just about there. A few oh, tickets I'm, left. I'm gonna have to get that one. Yeah, of those, one of those tickets. Weird Al is literally. It's Weird Al. It, it's, it, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. If you've never never <laughs> nothing heard nothing quite of like it. a Weird Al show. No, there's nothing quite. Yeah. Uh, if and <laughs> I. <laughs> I wanted him to be on my show, so I started like trying to figure out how to contact him. Yeah. But uh, his website literally has every other question you could ever think to ask him. Yeah, there you go. Um, so I was like, well, there's no point. Yeah. There's, uh, there's no, like, his, his website is weirdly very detailed from any, every interview he's ever had. I'm like, well, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but also, fair enough. I mean, I guess that's what you got to do when you're such yeah. a, a He weird got sick person. of doing interviews. He's like, yeah, I'm putting it all was, on the website. Yeah. yeah uh, he does He does uh, parodies of songs um, that are just some of the weirdest, coolest things yeah. that you'd ever yeah. imagine. Um, so you guys have a website? Uh, we do. Um, you can check out everything that we're up to uh, in our full event calendar at amtshows.com. Yeah, and uh, they got some really cool stuff coming up for you. You can find all, all that stuff on there. If uh, if and I'm trying to think think of what to do. Um, if you guys like like we said, we're going to talk more about AMT uh, for an hour or so after this after this session so if you want to stick with us come over to facebook.com for the story Corey rosen you can follow us on spotify anywhere you stream uh your podcasts uh right now you're going to hear a we're going to take a little bit of a break of a transitionary to the radio you're going to hear my original song you remain this song was written about two years ago during the covid pandemic when everything shut down and it's just a song of you you realize that everything becomes temporary everything in this world is temporary so the only thing that remains in the end is god and that's what this song is really about so with all that said please enjoy my original song you remain when i am weak can no longer speak you are there Right beside me When all hope is lost And I can't bear the cost You are there Paying it for me And when things turn to dust And there's nothing to trust You are there Honest to me Oh, it's clear who you're meant to be You are my thing 
song you remain we're going to continue this conversation uh with with brandon martin from amt over at facebook.com for such a story so follow us there and for the radio you guys are going to send i'm going to send you guys back to the music 